everybody. Welcome to Game Studies Review. Uh, we're a podcast. We talk about an article or book in game studies each week to try and keep you from having to read anything. Our tagline, boo, reading, yay, yay listening. listening. Listening is so much better than reading. Uh, I That's am not Alex. True. That's not true all the time, only for podcasts. Sure. I'd oh. rather listen to a podcast than read like a Substack article. It's it's occasionally true. It's occasionally sure. true. We, we, we read so you don't have to. We read so you don't have to. My name is Alex Lane. I'm joined today by Dr. Cody Reimer. How are you, Cody? Who are you, Cody? What are you, Cody? Tell us about yourself. Hello. Uh, thank you. It's always a pleasure. I think it's nice to, to be introduced as Dr. Cody Reimer because I, I don't even get mail that's addressed to Dr. Cody Reimer. It's like, hey, hey, you, mm-hmm. Cody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm I'm uh, an assistant. I, I am. I can de- declare it. You now. can declare I, an important thing today. An Tell important us. announcement. I uh, starting in the fall will be an associate woo, professor. Woo. Welcome to the club uh, of English. Thank you at the University of Wisconsin Stout. For for those who are outside academia, question mark listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a distinction between assistant and associate professor. Now that I'm an associate, that means I have gotten tenure and a promotion. So that's it's, it's uh, a big hurdle. Yeah, it's a big hurdle. That's, that's big news. Uh, I teach um, undergraduate and graduate courses on technical communication and other topics. Such as games. And uh, yeah. Cody, who undersells himself, is also a copy editor for a great new board game that's coming out on Kickstarter. It was number six on Kickstarter's hot list, right? On, uh, well, so Kickstarter put it as one of the things they loved. And things then they on board. Board Game Geek. It's a board game. Uh, board Game Geek listed it. Uh, it was up to number six in the hotness in the top 50. And that game is called Distilled. Check it out on Kickstarter. I just tried to buy a copy, forgot my credit card. I'm going to be doing that shortly. Who doesn't love booze? Who doesn't love Euro games? You said it's a pretty medium yeah. weight Euro it's game. It's like a medium so... weight uh, Euro game made by Paverson Games and my, my friend uh, Dave Beck and Eric Everson. Very appropriate for those of us who don't have billions of hours to devote to games anymore. So now, uh, now that we're plugging this, if we're plugging things, that means that you got to get this episode up before the Kickstarter ends and it ends at the end of the month. Well, let's get it up next week. Let's do it. All right. All right. Big push. Uh, that's right. <laughs> uh, so today we're talking about an article called Extracting the Pedagogy, Using Games as Texts in the Language Classroom. It's published in Analog Game Studies, which I really, really appreciate the format of their journal. Yeah, it's, it's a great, it, I oh. like that journal. The more I read from it, the more I really enjoy it. And I've, I've read a, uh, several things from it now. Um, and we've read from uh, some of the authors who are uh, sit on the editorial board, I believe. Um, but it's a, that's a great journal. Oh my God. I just, I couldn't appreciate it more the format and just everything about it was, uh, was made it, made it really easy to read as, as, as the l- listeners may or may not know, I've got two littles, two and a half and eight months now. And, uh, you know, we, I read articles on my phone cause that's the only way to do it. And this journal just made it so easy. I love it. And this Very article is friendly. by Alex Hogue. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Hogue. Hopefully. Uh, so this article is basically about uh, using. Uh, uh, are you doing the summary? I forgot to. Uh, I'll, I'll do, do the it. summary if you yeah, want to introduce the article. Yeah. Are you going to introduce the article and then I'll summarize it? Well, there you go. I just introduced it. So why don't you summarize <laughs> the article for us, Cody? <laughs> sure. Uh, so uh, the the kind of summary of the article is that uh, Hogue is trying to figure out how to use 
analog games, board games uh, in a foreign language classroom. Uh, and he writes, quote, the goal then for using games in FL, foreign language, mm -hmm. classes should not be to inject educational aspects into existing games, but rather to extract the educational potential from them, letting the vocabulary, grammar, and communication required to play the game, as well as the cultural elements contained within, determine a game's applicability to a given set of learning goals, end quote. So what he's doing is saying, listen, all sorts of like gamification and games get brought into language classrooms and, and obviously other classrooms, mm -hmm. you know, Jeopardy style trivia reviews and, and all sorts of things that he uh, very succinctly and aptly takes to task uh, and points out that, listen, listen, you don't want to, if you're trying to do games in the classroom, you don't want to just, you know, shove in uh, educational stuff into existing games. That's right. You want to find a game that has pedagogical value on its own, on its own merits, and then find a way to tap into that or in his language to extract it. Um, and so he is talking specifically, it's, it's sort of like a case study of his experience mm -hmm. teaching a German uh, using the game Pied Piper, which- uh, Third to be year honest, German, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, third year German, which I, I was unfamiliar with, but he Me did too. talk about uh, several other board games that I was familiar with, uh, such as saying like, Gloomhaven is not as an example of not a great game for this. And if mm, listeners who are familiar game. with Gloomhaven, it's no wonder that game is a beast and he's trying to like one of his parameters was mm -hmm. it has to be able to be taught to people who don't play board games religiously or maybe at all in like 50 minutes. Right. Blue Haven is a, is a monster. It's an amazing game, but it's it's quite large. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's very accurate. Um, I'll say I, re I really appreciate the article and, and there's some interesting points about it. Um, there's a few gaps that I'll get into after, but why don't you talk about its main contributions for those sure. who aren't sure whether or not they want to put in the time to read? Well, we, we're reading this so that you don't have to, right? That's right. One of the if you want to try to like, you know, reference this to cite it in your work or just better understand how games are being used, board games are being used in foreign language classrooms. Uh, one of the things that I thought it was uh, contributing was a set of criteria for evaluating board games and analog games for classroom spaces, things that make sense, uh, like uh, the game length, the target audience, the theme, the weight, the downtime, the age recommendation, and what it offers in his case, specific or her case, I suppose, Alex Hogue, uh, you're, I'm, I'm, sure. on I'm an Alex. Alex Lane's podcast. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sorry, there, we'll, we'll go there. Mm -hmm. Um, class in terms of vocabulary, grammar, and cultural pedagogy. And these are all very sensible uh, things to have as parameters, but they're listed very neatly. So I appreciated uh, their kind of framing of that. I would have liked to see a little bit more um, discussion of that, but we'll, we'll come back to that. Alex Lame, uh, Alex Hogue rather claims a, a him, her, him, his Perfect. Uh, pronouns. I, there I should have done my research better. Apologies, uh, Alex, if you are listening and to to all other listeners, I will do a better job. At He's got one of those like mustaches that down. curls up around, you know, like a like a hipster curl mustache. Snidely I feel like whiplash. I feel like he'd be pretty cool with the uh, with the mistake. So there you go. All right. Uh, he he also writes um, 
quote, while the type of game, the age rating and the weight offer concrete criteria to narrow down the pool of potential games, the most important soft criteria for using games in the language classroom is whether the game has an easily explainable turn structure and an appropriate amount of player interaction, end quote. And so one of the things that I liked about this is uh, he's talking about how, just how many board games exist for people who uh, for whom board games consist of like Clue and Monopoly. Mm -hmm. He's like, yo there are a metric boatload of of games of board games so how do we whittle these down and what i appreciated what i think it contributed is paying attention to player interaction as uh, a valuable um, metric in the framework to determine which games are useful pedagogically for for language right. because the pedagogical value that he's extracting is all in narrating play and using your foreign language practice to explain you know what you're doing on your turn um, and that's the value it's not that pied piper is necessarily teaching you you know the language itself it's that you are practicing in in uh, very valuable ways interactively casually ludically uh, and so I really liked that attention as a contribution. I get the sense that he's very interested in the RPG uh, in terms of uh, the role-playing game, in terms of the language development, that that the narrating um, what you're doing, narrating the scenario, narrating all of these things is is kind of the crux of what is valuable, the most valuable in some of these board games. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And I even have a, another quote, pardon the, the kind of quote heaviness, but um, he writes that games with direct player interaction further increase both the difficulty and benefits brought by the game by introducing more open-ended communication between players on the top of the turn narration. So yes. I don't remember him specifically saying role-playing games, but specifically player interaction um, is mm. is an open-ended communication or highly valuable pedagogical uh extraction points or, or, mm -hmm. or veins to tap, whatever metaphor we want to use. Uh, and so I think that that, um, that kind of framework for how to think about board games in a language uh, arts setting in a classroom um, is, is valuable. That's the major contribution. Very cool. Um, I, I did find a couple gaps, um, uh, primarily, and, and I'm going to do what I hate when people do, which is criticize an article when it wasn't their project. It's like this, this isn't the project that I'm doing. Don't criticize me for not doing that because that's not what I'm doing here. Uh, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, so be, only because I think it's like such a amazing, an amazing point that he doesn't quite get to. And that's when he, he talks about his students um, getting kind of worked up playing these games and they start shouting and they're getting all excited and breaking these social norms of communication. And he talks about how that can be a detriment to foreign language instruction, but it seems to me like that can be a positive, like, uh, for primarily this could be a result of that. He's looking at students learning German, uh, assumedly American students. He doesn't specify, does he? He doesn't at all. Yeah. So American students probably learning German. Um, but the, the most foreign language uh, students that I've interacted with are Asian students and getting, getting, getting excited, speaking out in class in and of itself can be a huge uh, barrier to break through. And I find that that's kind of an untapped vein in this article is looking at students who might be coming to the U S and speaking in a second language and, and how the, the, uh, 
energy of a game can get you to sort of break through those social norms that you may or may not have been raised in uh, uh, to keep you know, quiet and be more respectful and deferential in the classroom. And, and to me, I kept thinking like, gosh, this would have been amazing when I was teaching, uh, business writing for second language students, you know, uh, which is what it was called at the time for students primarily from Asia learning, uh, you know, coming to, coming to the university and taking, and taking, uh, this was at Purdue taking, business yeah. writing like sure. the games would have been amazing for that sort of breaking the ice and getting out of this idea that um a classroom is a place to be quiet so to me that was a missed opportunity i was super excited about that idea but again not his project um not exactly what he's looking at but he he attends to it a little bit uh he he talks about how he was surprised like the um at how easily they slipped into german when they were started playing yeah. of their own volition and they were like playing the game without being instructed to start playing yeah and they were doing so in german and and starting to get a little raucous so i don't know i, th I think there's i just think it, it was it seemed to me like that was warranted. talked about as a it wasn't as positive like this is this is why games over something else that's like the that, magic of games, right? Is that's it, the magic it opens games. them up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that was an untapped vein for me. Um, and then the uh, something that I would have liked acknowledged. So like one of the things I thought that was most wonderful about this piece is uh, Alex Hogue manages to hedge without being boring. I guess I'll say <laughs> like he hedges, um, you know, with in a couple sentences and does it really well. Like, hey, look, I don't want to just talk about games being useful for that. They can do things outside of games. Games in and of themselves are useful. He does these great hedges really quickly. And I would have loved him to talk about the culture embeddedness of certain board game themes that he brings up red riding hood, Catan, Machikoro, um, and how that might play in a foreign language classroom when you're, and not like, because it will go badly, but because that is another moment for learning about the culture and the language um, that you're trying to learn about. So, you know, there's certain ideas, if, if you're aware of like Sapper Wharf hypothesis, there's certain ideas in, a, in culture that only make sense, certain language and culture that only makes sense because you're, you're embedded in that culture, you're aware of uh, certain things because of that. And so if you come into it from like an American perspective, trying to learn about it doesn't make any sense to you. These concepts don't make any sense to you. Um, and games are a great way to like learn about not just the vocabulary. I felt like that really falls short, not just the vocabulary, but like the, the ideas behind the, um, the language that you're learning about. So I thought that was a, a bit of a missed opportunity as well. That was, that could be really exciting. Again, a missed opportunity. That's a little strong because that's not his project sure. here, but. And I mean, he does, he does say that like target audience is part of the framework and that, that could go so far as to include the kind of cultural embeddedness. I'm not like, talking about I'm target the... audience though. Like I'm talking about like the theme, like a red writing. He does theme. say theme also. He says oh. target audience and theme. Well, there you go. That's <laughs> not, a, it's that not say, enough, though. It's I, not enough. I, well, that's, I agree, right? Like, if if I'm jumping over what I love to come back to it and saying my, hmm, I really mm -hmm. wanted more follow-up to kind of theorize the framework for recognizing the pedagogical value of a game, mm -hmm. right? Like, 
um, he gives us this framework, but it's just bullet points. It's that quote that I gave you, right? Like yes. length, audience, theme, weight, downtime, age recommendation, and that's it. And like, and any other like benefits to vocab, grammar, and, and cultural pedagogy, he says, right? Yeah. But like, yeah. what do those mean? And what do they mean for board games? And what do they mean for board games in a language arts classroom? Right. That's what I wanted to see further unpacked. Yeah, absolutely. and it was more like here's how I did this with Pied Piper in third year, which is cool. That's a that's a valuable cool, project in and valuable. Of but what I what I want to see then is a follow up of like here's this framework that I you know used to pick Pied Piper out of the thousands of games. Let me theorize a little bit more so that other people can take this framework and apply it for their own context mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in more robust ways. So that's this is again uh, where I would like to see a follow-up article and, and uh, somebody pick up this research and run with it because I, I loved to now circle back from hmm to what yeah, I loved. To what you loved. What I loved was that notion of extracting the pedagogical value already in games yes uh rather than just injecting it i thought yeah. that that was uh wonderful uh but uh, the the trick is in recognizing that potential you've got to recognize it to extract it and yes it offers some helpful insights in in recognizing it in terms of that framework but there's a lot <laughs> um so what i loved uh short nuanced view of different games and their appropriateness for the classroom, the reliance on board game geek. I'd love to get board game geek into some more of these articles. What do you mean? Board game geek. Like well, we should like, just review more like analog game studies journal articles. Why? Well, well, that's true. Maybe we just need to do that. Like maybe <laughs> that is the. Issue. I haven't picked. I hadn't picked from this journal, uh, and I was like, you know, I really like this journal. I'm going to pick something from this journal. Something I love recent it. and. Hey, language, language stuff with games. That's, that's sort of our jam, even that's if perfect. it's not foreign language. So, and it's not ontology, which I appreciate, uh, succinct <laughs> I discussions I'd give of you a break. issues using games in the classroom, like jeopardy, et cetera. You mentioned that already. Uh, uh, this quote here I thought was, um, excellent. This was incredibly rewarding to see both because my students were clearly having fun and doing a surprisingly good job of staying in German, but also because they created a collaborative space for helping each other learn the rules of the game and the language necessary to play it in the target language, which I thought was appropriate for foreign language um, studies and for any sort of any sort of time you have to learn the language of the game or the world that you're jumping into. You know, I remember uh, yeah. in the when when was it the 90s and now no, 2000s early 2000s there's a lot of articles on leet speak and things like that as being a way of gatekeeping who gets to play who doesn't play who's a noob um so all of those things like learning the language to be able to participate in the space like mm -hmm. I, I think that's valuable too so i thought that was pretty cool yeah, yeah. i don't have any rooms to add you didn't have any my gaps. Oh. besides my gaps i mean sure. i thought and mostly the gaps are like mm, I, I wanted more of that that's that's a great position to be in in an article review of being of being like well i just want more like this is good I and so keep giving giving keep giving me more not like i need more because this is underwhelming yeah. and there's huge flaws that you need to address but like yeah this is good keep going well one of the things i liked about it that was is that it was pretty short and it was easy to read and uh <laughs> when you've got kids and you're reading it on your phone you that's, like that's the oh, thing i read it on my phone i did my notes on my phone uh, over nap time this afternoon so yeah that was it was a good project uh what about you anything else to say here um 
I think that uh, the bottom line is that it really only scratches the surface of what's possible when using games in a foreign language setting for instruction. Uh, but it's certainly worth looking at if you're at all interested in analog games, board games, uh, and the language arts and education. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you are in one of those areas or interested in doing research on them, pick it up. Uh, give it the full read through, even if on your phone, which uh, the journal uh, Analog Game Studies makes quite easy. So uh, go for it. Well, thank you for joining me today, Cody. This was very fun. And congratulations, Mr. Associate Professor. Thank you. 